talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Makes me And here we are, folks. Welcome to Fight Club. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Uh, super excited to be back with you this Tuesday morning. As you know, we are a group of self-employed industry experts. We're here to help you fight for your business. And we really cover four areas of business. So we've got marketing, operations, employee management, and money. And this is really a casual conversation to help you find something to fight for this week, to find an area that you need to push the needle forward on. And we're excited to have Kurt with us today. He's going to be able to help you guys give some knowledge on what he's gone through and experiences with all four of these areas and, you know, be able to give some homework, maybe we'll see, <laughs> but we're excited to move everything forward today and kind of start with some introductions. So my name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband, and I have been working in marketing for about six years now. So super excited to welcome back to Fight Club and welcome Kurt. Can you give everyone kind of a brief introduction about yourself and your background? Sure. Thanks a lot. So good to be here with y'all. Uh, so it's a nice departure from the chaos of what is business, it seems like today. So um, so, I'm, so I'm Kirk. I own Wellspring Landscape Services in Austin, Texas. I started it about 11 years ago. Um, prior to that, I've been in commercial real estate uh, my entire career since I, I got out of grad school, I don't know, decades ago. And was in commercial real estate. And then when the market crashed in commercial real estate, I had a couple of things going on in my life that that uh, caused me to start or, or encouraged me to start this company. So one was the market crashed um, and it just, uh, it was clear that I wasn't going to make any money in commercial real estate for a while, which was okay. Um, also had um, some personal things, which I think some people will be able to relate to. Um, both of my parents were sick and dying. And so I was, it gave me an opportunity to take over their uh, uh, care for them and, and uh, work on their estate after they passed. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, I was going through a divorce um, unexpectedly. So um, so it was a kind of a dark period in my life. And then on top of that, uh, I just always wanted to kind of stretch my entrepreneurial wings anyways. So all of these items kind of came together to encourage me and create an opportunity for me where um, not just encourage me to do that, but also to be honest, um, and I think some people will be able to relate with relate to this. I, I had nowhere, no, nothing else to do. Like I had no choice, right? I, I had to make a huge change, and so that's what encouraged me or really pushed me to start this company. So, I did a lot of research at the time and uh, looked at buying businesses. I looked at a transmission shop. Like I looked at all kinds of stuff. Um, looked at franchises. And end of the day, end of the day, I just kept this this um, idea of a landscaping company just kept recurring in front of me. So then I started re- researching that and uh, and like the idea of it, I'd worn a business suit my entire life. I love the idea of wearing shorts. I don't even know if I own a suit at this time. At this, <laughs> I mean, I hope nobody dies because I cannot go to their funeral uh, and dress appropriately. But uh, uh but I, you know, so I was able to get outside. I don't wear a business suit. Um, you know, I love the, I love so many ideas about this business. Um, so, uh, and then I was encouraged just to start it from scratch. I tried to buy a couple and it just didn't work out. Um, and so I was encouraged to start it from scratch. So I started it from scratch 
And which brings us to today. So today we are, I'm trying to think, I think we're running eight crews uh, right now or eight and a half crews. The, the half crew is a sub that we sub work out to. And we can talk about that later if you want and how that's going. <laughs> and then we have um, counting me. We now have four, one, one, two, three, four, five people in the office now um, in anticipation of our growth this year. Um, and I can talk more about that. And then we have about 19 people in the field. Um, and y'all will appreciate this depending on who shows up every day. Uh, and, uh, but we have, I can tell you, we have 19 on the roster. Uh, I can tell you, we don't have 19 today. So, uh, and, uh, and then we're, we're, we operate mainly in South and Southwest Austin. Our goal is to, to grow across all of Austin, add some more different services that we don't call, uh, currently offer and just sky's the limit, grow as much as we can, um, given the constraints of the labor market and everything else we're facing right now that are really, really affecting our ability to grow. So we, I'm sure we can talk about that more too. So that's it in a nutshell. All right. Awesome. Well, welcome to Fight Club, Kirk. It's so great to have you. Uh, and my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also am the proud owner of Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm. So if you don't like numbers, if you don't like money, you can outsource all of those tasks to me and my nice. team. And I'm the co-owner of Jeff Likes and Windows and Gutters, uh, a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company in Northern California. And I can relate to a lot of things you just shared. And I'm really excited to get to know you better with our. Uh-oh. That internet. Megan, Megan got stopped. <laughs> I'll pick it up for Megan. I'll pick it up for Megan. Megan got frozen. She's up in the mountains in California today, Kirk. We can see from her uh, background. So she's in heaven, but not in internet heaven. <laughs> so uh, I'm Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars, and we outsource your CSRs or customer service rock stars, as we like to tell them, call them. Um, and so if you need help answering your phones and emails and chat and text, and you don't have an office like Kirk, or you want some additional help outside of the office, we can sure help you. So that's me and welcome to Fight Club, Kirk. I'm super excited. I've written like 20 notes and it sounds like you and I have a very similar background story. I was forced to start a business in 2009, 2010 when the economy changed as well. So I, I totally understand your story and love it. Um, so welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. It's great to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Tell, tell your husband I said hello too. I will. He's off camera over here. He wants to talk about Steve. He doesn't care about any of this business stuff. He wants to talk about Steve, but we'll get uh, we'll get to that. Okay, right, hey, Martha. All right. <laughs> all right. I'm Martha Woodward. I'm co-founder of Quality Driven Software and um, also an online course membership called Culture First. And I also own a maid service in a neighboring state and operate that as an absentee owner. So I'm really happy, Kirk, that you agreed to be <laughs> my guest today and join us on Fight Club because I know you from uh, Service Autopilot yep. community as the biggest badass competition winner. Yep, yep. So, yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep, you're famous. So I think you forgot that in your bio, actually. Yeah. 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 That. I'm so modest. <laughs> so anyway, welcome to Fight Club. And uh, Tay, you can kick us off. 
Awesome. Um, so Kurt, I kind of, I normally talk about marketing and we kind of talk a little bit about it, but sometimes sales gets wrapped into that as well. Um, so we're kind of going to go a little sales direction today, if that's okay. Um, cause I found it very interesting that you started in commercial realty and that is a totally different sales process and, you know, protocol, you can say to transitioning into a small business and selling landscaping and selling what you guys offer with, through your company. So how was that transition for you when everything, when you knew that you made needed to make that shift, you knew the market was crashing and you said, you know what, let's change up everything. Let's jump into this new business and completely change everything that I'm going about on how to sell the product that I'm now selling as a service. Yeah. So so I should probably clarify. So when I was in commercial real estate, I wasn't a broker. Um, I was on the investor side. So I represented private REITs um, for most of my career. So we had big, big, deep pockets. Like we we had billions of dollars to um, spend. So um, when I called somebody, uh, like say I called someone in Atlanta about a building downtown we we're interested in purchasing. Um, they returned my phone calls because they knew who I, they knew who my my company was. They knew who my investors were, and they wanted to talk to me. So it was super super easy. And then I transitioned when I moved to Austin. I transitioned and worked with um, uh, kind of boutique, uh, basically wealthy individuals here that had money and were investing in money in Austin. And it was kind of the same thing where when when I called because of who I was associated with, um, I, I immediately got calls back. I had a great introduction into uh, the market and it was super easy for me. Um, and uh, the people I hung out with or I associated myself with were very well connected, so it was super easy. So you, so you go from that environment where everybody wants to hear from you to the environment where right. basically you're, uh, uh, you know, uh, scraping and clawing for every little client. Um, and it started off kind of like guerrilla marketing, right? Um, I'm, I was literally on a crew. And the next door neighbor came out to take their garbage can in. So I would run over there with a business card you know, and, and introduced myself. And then I, um, and it was kind of just building client by client by client. And we kind of fast forward today. And then we were, I really think we're more cutting edge where we use a ton of video, uh, where we have a big social media presence. Um, we're still doing AdWords, um, but we're basically do AdWords. We do some direct mail, some print door hangers, and then social media, uh, and then let's see what else we do. And then we we have a referral program that we um, rerun through our employees uh, and try to get them to to get new business. So they're, they're the guys handing out business cards when the neighbor's getting their garbage can. And then we also uh, push a referral program to our existing clients. And we've really weeded out things that don't work. We're really um, kind of double down on the things that do work. But I will I will tell you, Austin is very, very competitive. And, um, and for employees, for, for clients, for everything. And I mean, we, we have to fight and scrape for every client that we bring in. And uh, so it's a, you know, and we spend a ton of money on marketing, a ton of time and effort and motions and money on marketing. Uh, it's, so it's a, it's a completely different environment than what I was used to before. I was going to say, it sounds like it. It sounds like it really started as those boots on the ground and then transitioned into a lot more of the you know, advertising 
advertising money that you're putting into and video and things of that sort. So yeah. do videos as sales videos yeah. or are you using it more as like marketing um, avenues? So, so we do, uh, we do a lot of, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on the term. We do a lot of, um, uh, y'all help me out here, the kind of mar- uh, market awareness videos. Okay. Uh, so like educational pieces. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I just went blank on what we call them. We talk about it constantly. <laughs> And, um, and then we do some, some sales where there's a call to action or there's a deadline or, you know, we're telling them, Hey, if you want to take advantage of this, you, we need to hear about you from X date. Uh, we, so we do some sales, but we do a lot of, um, brand awareness. That's what I was trying to get, uh, brand awareness. So we're constantly putting out informational videos, uh, updates, seasonal updates. Hey, what are we seeing in your landscape today? Type updates. Um, and the vast majority of what we do are those, and then we'll do some, uh, kind of funnels and we'll do some sales as well. But the vast majority is the, is the brand awareness. Uh, so on social media. Awesome. So I guess my only other question would be, since you did have it so easy, like you had mentioned in the beginning with the real estate side of things, um, was there a lot of educating that you had to do yourself as a business owner to say, okay, this is what I have to do to make sure I'm bringing in the right type of clients for my business. Or was it kind of just, I'm going to figure it out as I go. Oh, I am definitely a figure it out as you go kind of guy. And then, uh, which drives some of my staff crazy sometimes. So, um, the, um, you know, I think, I think one of the things that makes it easier sometimes, and I've seen this a couple of different times in my life. And that is when, when I'm too dumb to know, I can't do something then I see some huge gains. So, um, you know, I just went out and, and got clients and did whatever I had to do to get clients. And sometimes to be honest, I miss those days where it's like, Hey, let's go, let's just go hand out business cards. Let's go talk to the guy getting his garbage can. Like, you know, th- there's really kind of this ground, what I call guerrilla marketing, but this kind of basic ground, you know, boots on the ground type, um, marketing. And we really have moved away from that. And we, we operate most of our marketing, you know, from the office, um, and, and sometimes I wonder if it, we shouldn't go back to that in, to some degree. Um, I'm not going to get out there and do it um, necessarily, mm-hmm. but, um, but, but to, to try to get creative and figure out a way to just, how do we get in front of our clients? Um, and, and a lot of areas in Austin, we can't do uh, uh, door hangers. They call the police on us. We, uh, some, a lot of areas it's outlawed to, to knock on doors. So we can't do door knocking. Um, and so it's like, well, how do we get in front of them? So we, you know, we have direct mail where we can mail specifically to a specific neighborhood. Um, we can adjust our AdWords and things like that. So we're really trying to drill down in a certain location, but it's a challenge. And, um, so, um, you know, we're constantly looking at that. We're constantly looking at a return on investment dollars spent and then trying to double down where it works. Oh, and another one is, uh, next door has allowed us to get more specific. Um, and we've seen some success for that. So there's not a sing- single silver bullet. It's just, it's just kind of just constantly putting the pressure on marketing, constantly trying to bring those clients in, constantly trying to keep the clients that we have. And through all of those efforts, building the company is the goal. <laughs> well, I think that's the, the kind of perfect, you know, advice that Is it's, it isn't a single silver bullet. It is yeah. coming in and, you know, clients being able to find you in different locations that really having your uh, employees and even customers tend out business 
cards, that helps in a lot of gorilla ways, even though it's kind of more considered referral, it's still in a gorilla sense where you're relying on individuals within your company and your client base to get that name out there. Yeah. So since I did hear a couple mentions of ROIs and tracking, I'm gonna pass you off to Megan. So I appreciate you spending some time with me. And Great, thanks, Day. I'm sorry, between uh, my mountain connection and Tay's driving down the road, <laughs> we're having a little bit of trouble this morning. Um, so sorry about that. But Kirk, I, I'm i just like, I've got three ideas that I want to talk through with you. And I'm going to okay. let you choose which of the three. Um, so the first one is actually less about finances and more about feelings. So we can avoid that one if you want. But you built a business out of a need to have time with your family, to have time to take care of your parents, to have time and space to do something that was really important for you. Um, so I'm curious now that we look at it like 10 years later, or I, I'm not sure your exact anniversary, how's that going? And is that something you've been able to preserve and maintain in your business? Second question, you're in Austin, Texas, which I've been to Austin once and I felt totally like lied to because my friend said they lived in Austin and I had to drive an hour from the airport to get to their house. And oh, yeah. they said I was still in Austin and I'm from California with a little tiny town that's six square miles. And Austin I learned is 350 square miles. And as somebody who owns a field service company, I know I make $0 when I'm driving in a truck. So windshield time will kill you. And I'm wondering how you fought that in your business, especially as you're trying to take it over. Right. And third question is, uh, you seem to know some numbers around marketing and money. I love guerrilla marketing. Um, so if you wanted to continue that discussion that we just got started with Tay and talk about your favorite marketing metrics, we could do that. Now, unfortunately, we don't have time to do all three. So now I need you to choose one. And we okay. only have about five minutes to cover it. So which of those uh, got you excited when I was describing them? You're taking notes, I can tell. Yeah, I was just um, looking at them. So the um, I might be able to fit two of them in. The Well, we kind of talked about marketing. And, and, uh, so maybe we'll pass on that one. Um, the, um, let me touch on the, 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 like the family time and stuff real, real soon. Um, and I, again, all that y'all are going to relate, all y'all are going to relate, probably everybody listening is going to relate to all this. I know there's people listening that are at different places in the development of their company, right? Some, some may, may hit a hundred thousand dollars gross revenue. Some may hit $4 million gross revenue. I mean, I don't know this year. Um, so when it, when it, and oh, the, the thing I forgot that is I'm a single dad. And so my son lives with me. Um, he has spent most of his time with me his entire life. Um, and, um, and so that I, I have a, a heart for people who are single parents and raising kids on their own and God, God bless them. And God bless us because we just get it done. I mean, you, you, there's not a lot of time trying to figure out like, how am I get it done, get it done or whatever. I look back on the last, he's 16 now. I look at the last, last 14 years and it just got done. I mean, I can't even tell you how it got done. Lots of tears, lots of sleepless nights, but it just got done. And so God bless everybody out there who's a single parent. Um, you have a, a special place in my heart. But as your company grows, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, there's gonna be some obstacles, you overcome the obstacles, and then your your company grows again, and then you have new issues you never had before, and you get those worked out, and then your company grows again, and then you have all these issues that you never had before. Some are anticipated, some aren't. So the the I would say I've been fairly successful. If you if you've ever seen my biggest badass video, you'll see that a lot of it centered around time with my son. Um, I was getting a ton of pushback from him that I wasn't I was working too hard. I wasn't spending enough time with him. 
So that forced me to take action to try to alleviate that. And then that then kind of got past that hump and then we grew some more and then we hit another hump. And then I'll tell you right now where I am is trying to grow more, um, added more people in the office, have more overhead. My profit margins go down. I'm nervous about that. We really need to grow the company. How are we going to grow the company? I just hired my very first operations manager and I'm about two years behind on that. But thankfully, he's here and, and he should work out. And that's going to free me up to go expand the business even more. And then my son told me the other day um, that he felt like I was working too much. So I was like, oh, crap, you know, uh, it's so it's so it's, it's like, OK, you know, and we have a lot of growing pains in the office right now. So, you know, it's just it's in, in what I love. And this is what I love about the Service Autopilot Academy. And I love a, a, a like podcast like y'all's where y'all are all business owners that get, get together and then you produce this great product for, for other business owners to consume. And that is you got to surround yourself with people who are further advanced along, you know, further along in their companies than you are. You, you can turn around and help people who aren't advanced as much and then anticipate these growing problems um, and, and try to get out in front of them uh, before they actually occur. Um, you know, you can grow fast, but then your quality control drops. Well, crap, I wish I would have gotten on top of the quality control part. And, you know, um, and y- y'all know, I go on and on, but to get in front of those problems so that you can have a nice, nice lifestyle. Like I love when, when Martha said, I'm an absentee owner. I'm like, oh man, that sounds like heaven. You know, or, or, hey, I'm at the mountains in Colorado or California. It's like, well, I hope that's working out really well for you. And I hope the weather's nice. And that sounds, that sounds really nice. <laughs> um, and I think that's what we all want, right? Is we want a really nice life. And we want our, our kids and our spouses or whoever is involved in our lives to, to see that and see the fruits of our labor. Um, and as business owners, that's really hard. Um, I'm preaching to the choir that, you know, we, we think we're doing something great and we're going to create this great life. And we start to ruin relationships and we work too many hours and we, I put on weight, you know, and it, and I struggle with um, my health sometimes because I work too much and I don't sleep enough and I put on too much weight. I mean, you just, you just bring in everything your life revolves around this business. So anything that we can do to bring it to, to head off these future hurdles and get ahead of them, um, through working with with people smarter than than ourselves, I mean, it's just is this so so great? And then, so maybe I'm going hopefully... to have you pause for just okay. a minute so that we can like digest all of that that you just right. shared because that was a lot, right? Yeah. So I feel like what I heard you say was that your son is kind of your truth. So he yeah. reminds you when you're pushing too far. He reminds mm-hmm. you when you're hitting that next yeah. growth stage. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that that helps you inform your decisions. So that kind of gives sure. you a reality check. Like we need to dial it back this week, or I need to invest in this higher. Or, I need to make this fit within this time period. And yeah. I think that's so important for people who are listening to think about who is your, who is your truth in your life? Is it a spouse? Is it a friend? Yeah. Is it a business partner? Is it a kid? Um, and kind of a reminder, I'm guessing your son's a big part of your why too. So a reminder of why you went about and started this and why you keep doing this. Um, the other thing I heard you say that's really interesting and we don't talk about enough on the show is growing pains. So we hit these different, different growth stages in business and they're painful, right? Like we're cruising along real good. Everything's going great. And then you hit this like, Oh, okay. Next growth phase. And you have to get back into the business. And I'm sure Martha would even say as an absentee owner, like there are periods where you really got to roll up your sleeves and get back in there. And then we cruise a little bit. Right. 
And I feel like in my husband's business, every time we're like, yeah, we're good. Like we got it. You know, we've made it six yeah. months or a year. Um, we had a month last month, April, no call offs, by the way, just want to celebrate that. And now May is going to be a disaster, but I have to celebrate that out loud. Wow. Um, Martha has been a huge <laughs> part of that for my culture um, and for my relationship with my spouse. Um, so that was really helpful to give people just two reminders. Like, why did you start out? Why did you do this? Um, and who's holding you accountable to making sure you do it correctly? Like yeah. you don't overdo it. And then, um, yeah, that was just really helpful. Do you want to add one more comment and we're going to pass to Michelle? No, the only thing along those lines, like I would say, here's a, here's a great example is I made a, a commitment uh, a while back years ago that when I walk in the house at the end of the day, I will not be on my phone. And that way, my first interaction with my son is one-on-one uh, devoted time to him and attention to him. And then last night, I come cruising in the house. I finally got there close to eight o'clock and uh, I'm on the phone uh, talking to somebody. He comes around the corner at 16. He's still super excited to see me. We're super tight. He, he always greets me at the door and gives me a big old hug and tells me he loves me. That's, that's something special. Um, and I, I came around the corner on the phone. He took one look at me. He kind of gave me a hug and turned around and walked off. And I was like, "Ugh!" I mean, you know. Uh, it was like, I, and I haven't done this in a long time, so I don't feel too horrible about it, but it, that was just my little reminder, get off the damn phone before you walk in the house, like no exceptions. And, you know, so that he's my truth. Like you said, he's, he was my reminder. You're on the phone when you walked in the house. Not cool. You know, and it's such I little things that. that make a it's huge such difference. It's such a little thing, but you're right. It's a yeah. huge thing. And yeah. um, I feel like I can hear some homework in there, but I'm going to let us <laughs> save it till later. I'm going to pass <laughs> you to Michelle, who I know is just, I know you guys know each other. So yeah. she's going to talk to you about systems and the systems <laughs> that help you kind of stay sane as you've been. Yeah. So Kirk, when you first started talking, you talked about how you looked at franchises. Mm-hmm. What? When you're a business owner and you go to start it out on your own, you have to start everything from scratch. Like you said, what was, what was the breaking point for you to say, no, a franchise really doesn't fit me as a person. And I really want to build my own thing because that makes a ton of sense to me, but people that don't really like systems and processes, it could be really overwhelming. So tell me how you made that decision. Um, First off. Go there. <laughs> so, so the the my main reason for not going with a franchise was um, I I hate feeling constrained in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and I and I looked at you, you know you you and I'm not saying this is a like like I would love to own a Chick Fil A, um, knowing what I know now. But um, you know you you have to follow their process. It's a gamble whether or not you're going to be successful. Um, yeah. You can't get away from their process. It takes that creativity and limits you to a large degree. And I think franchises are great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, you know, and, and then you have to write them a check um, every month. And there's, I won't, I won't, I won't say the name, but there is a lawn care franchise, national franchise out there. And I talked to people and they were like, all hundred percent of my profit goes to paying their fee every month. I can't be successful. And then mm. they're, not, they're trying to get out of the franchise. And I was like, you know, I just don't want that. And then on a side note too, when I got out of real estate, um, I said, in half jokingly and half serious, I said, the next guy who's going to make a stupid decision is going to be me. Exactly. I, you know, and it's, and I, I don't, I don't want investors telling me what to do. I don't want partners telling me what to do. Like I'm going to make the dumb decisions from now on, you know? And, and I was serious about that, you know, jokingly, but serious. And I'm like, look, I just, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Mm. Uh, and so I was like, I just want my own company. So. 
I love it. So I have a background in commercial real estate too. I did design and, and architecture for large projects for many years. So I dip my world, my toe back into real estate every once in a while because I still love it. Yeah, me too. And it's it's one of the things I talk about on weekends and I drive through and I go to see open houses, even though I'm not buying anything. I just love to see it. I'm still engaged in that community. But that's a side note. Talk to me about, because I know you use service autopilot. A lot of our listeners probably do too. Tell me some of the other ancillary tools that you have found that have helped you grow this year, whether it's a communication tool or so tell me something else, a trick that you've made that you've found along the way that's helped you grow this year. Yeah. So two things. One, I'll I'll give a big plug out to QDS because, um, um, and the other thing, I'm glad you brought up communication because that's, we're not doing a good job at that as we've grown. We've added another person. We've added two people to the office this year. Um, how do we've had a lot of rain delays lately? How do we communicate with our crews better? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are looking for um, a, a software like um, Slack or or mm-hmm. WhatsApp or there's a bunch of them we're looking at right now to try to figure out how can I really easily communicate with the crew leaders? How can I mm-hmm. communicate with everyone in the company? How can we? How can I communicate with just the office staff? Sure. Um, you know, and uh, so we're looking at that. So that's something that this year has become glaringly obvious we, that yeah. we have a weakness at, and we're looking at trying to figure that out right now. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is to, to plug QDS is <laughs> I taught the, the, I can say that single-handedly the biggest benefit that we see for company culture and accountability is a very easy way to um, basically rate or what we call them reviews, you know, where we monitor every person as an individual, right? And so I've talked to other companies, some of them have these extravagant point systems that they have to manage and keep up with. I don't know how they do it. Um, (laughs) But with QDS, um, and uh, I'll talk about real briefly, before COVID, we had a real good system in place. Uh, And we reviewed one another, and we had employee of the month, and we would give away these giant flat screen TVs to our employees once a quarter, or Yeti type coolers or whatever. Um, But we had something very detailed and tangible to tie it to. You know, what is your, what a Bob, okay, Bob's an employee. What What is your rating? Your your rating's a 3.5. Well, how can it possibly be 3.5? Well, I can tell you exactly why it's 3.5. Well, put up, print mm-hmm. out your report. We have reviews from the clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, uh, your tardy uh, six times last month. Um, you had three unexcused absences last month. Um, you know, um, you didn't follow protocols or you had a bunch of five-star reviews because uh, you stayed a little later or you, or you picked up some work from another crew that was that was slow or whatever. And so we can print it out and we can say, this is exactly why you're rated the way you were rated. And if you hmm. want to be eligible for a raise, be eligible for um, advances on your pay, be eligible for a promotion, you need to be four-star or above. And and I want you to be four-star or above. Trust me, I want you to be five-star and I'm going to help you get there. And here's what we need to do. We need you to quit being tardy. We need you to quit having unexcused absences. Uh, we need you to quit using a weed eater to edge along the driveways <laughs> and start using the bladed edger that we purchased mm-hmm. for you uh, because it looks a lot better, you know, uh, quality control reviews from the clients and all those. So, and when we do that, our company culture is great. When we hit COVID, we got to where we weren't meeting meeting all the time. We had some, we struggled with some employees in the office and we got away from that and it showed. And so this year we, we really started pushing our rating system, our survey system through QDS again. 
and guys are excited about it. Um, they they want to see how they're doing. They want to do better. They want to win this flat screen TV or whatever we're giving away. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'll tell you, in, 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 I mean, I know Mar- I'm not saying this because Martha's here. Martha <laughs> sees me randomly talk about QDS on Facebook pages all the time. Um, and, uh, I mean, but it, but it's super easy to measure, super easy. The, the only critique I would, I got to say this, Martha, and it's not a critique. The only thing I would ask of you is if there was some way that we could rate each other internally very easily, like a, like an app and we just submit a review, Hey, you know, re- uh, give Bob a five-star review. Uh, hmm. he, he, you know, he cleaned all the trucks out without even being asked or whatever. I don't know. And if there's some way we could just submit reviews super easy, Man, I would love that. Uh, right now, we submit them all through the office, and then our office person has to go in and hand do reviews. Um, so I love it. I love QDS. I highly recommend it. I recommend recommend it to people all the time because <laughs> it's such tangible data, yeah. irrefutable data that people get to look at, and then we can tell them exactly what they need to do to get where they want to go based on this data. So, yeah. and that's I love huge. it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Slack is named after you. So I would highly recommend that you <laughs> choose Slack. I think it's perfect. Um, we use it here at our company and I love it. Um, so I'm a believer, but awesome. I will pass you off to Martha. Thank you so much, Kirk. I appreciate it. And Thank I you. didn't, I didn't get to talk too long about Steve. I'm sorry, but Steve is your blind dog and yeah. your, your, uh, your business sort of, what do you call him? Is he your, He's your mascot? Yeah. Your mascot. And we own dogs and I love your video with Steve. You did enlist a system. I will mention this really quickly um, to make sure that all of your employees close the gate. Right. And oh, you have yeah. this tagline, shut the damn gate. And yeah. it was with a video with Steve and it was a system that you implemented with your team that kept them mindful of pets and people and all yeah. the things that are behind the gate. And I love that idea. And I know that within your company, the shut the damn gate is the quote Jeez. that you use. <laughs> I love that. I love it. So fun. (laughs) Super fun. Okay. I'll pass you off to Martha. Thanks, Kirk. Good to see you. Thank you. You too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you need to have Will. I haven't heard from Will lately, but I'm assuming he's still there. You need to have Will contact us and we can help you with that easy, you know, how to record that and um, a couple of new things that we have. So that's an aside. Um, but I wanted to touch on communication and I think that, well, I know that we have all slipped a little in our culture with COVID. Um, I know we have at my maid service. I, I hear people saying that all the time. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who are just in this struggle of I need bodies, but kind of forgetting to also tighten up their systems for culture because we're just in this weird time. Yeah. And um, so when you talked about communication, it made me really think that Communication is a huge part of culture. And when there's a lack of communication, you know, not on purpose, but, you know, because of the environment with COVID or whatever, um, things start slipping. And your 
love of the job, love of the community belonging kind of weakens. And um, so I'm thinking that's going to be somewhere in my homework for people is to refocus on that. So have you all, like you're talking about systems as far as a channel in which you can communicate, but give us some examples, Kirk. Were you pretty good at small, consistent communication pre-COVID, and then now it's just kind of only reactive. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about what's happened because of COVID. Yeah. So let me think about that. The, you know, I, I guess a, a great example would be that we had safety meetings every Wednesday morning. And we, and I would bring tacos or donuts and we would all get together and we would go through a safe and we'd do announcements and we would go to like a 15 minute safety meeting. And mm-hmm. when COVID happened, we, we got hundred percent away from that. And mm-hmm. so it became not only where we're not having a safety meeting, but it also became very difficult for me to, just to have kind of a time to interact with the, with the crews. Right. And, and yeah. so that, that personal touch. And then the other thing was sometimes we just need to communicate whether it's training whether it's resolving an issue or whatever, we need a way to get everybody on the same. They they need to, what I say is they need to hear the, everyone needs to, needs to hear the exact same words that everyone hears and they need to come out of my mouth, not anybody mm-hmm. else's mouth. Um, so that we're all have this cohesive agreement on kind of like what is really being said here. Maybe it's a policy change or something. Um, and so it became unbelievably challenging to get that done. And believe it or not, as archaic as it is, I started printing out memos and just handing them out. Um, mm-hmm. And I would find them in the bottom of the trucks. I would find them you know, in the parking lot. And I think guys would read them. Some wouldn't read. Um, and, and it became very such a challenge. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, that I found some great solution. I overcame it. Clearly, we didn't because we're still struggling with it. Um, the only relief right now is that we are able to get together more, uh, because of the, you know, the restrictions are being lifted and people are getting vaccinated. Um, but, um, there are some good things that came out of it because it forced this awareness that we need to communicate more, but, um, you know, uh, but we need to use a a software, uh, like it's raining right now and we just need everyone in the company to know, Hey, we're, we're rain delayed. So if Mm -hmm. someone calls in and a client calls in and says, Hey, are are y'all going to, you know, am I going to get mowed today? I think you're going to get mowed today, but we are rain delayed. Um, you know, just a simple communication like that all the way to, to a massive communication that's super important that everybody needs to know. Um, Mm -hmm. so we're still working on that solution to be honest with you. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. There's a um, there's an app called Voxer uh-huh. that is like a it's like a walkie-talkie type of system. It wouldn't work with your clients' communication, right. but um, I don't know if you know Kurt Kimpton at all um, with Responsibid. So. But when he ran a window cleaning business, that was his main channel for communication, mm-hmm. and he's kind of character so. The nice thing about Voxer is you can put your personality into it. I mean, it's like you're talking to them. Uh So um, uh, he would do things like if certain customers would leave a review, he would read the review in that customer's voice, you know, and 
and then be like, hey, great job. And, you know, Mrs. So-and-so says, and then he'd read the review. But uh, I kind of like that. Like, I know, I know you also have a great personality. And so, you know, sometimes I think when you said a memo, I'm like, mm, I'm yeah. going to cut it for <laughs> I mean, you have to do what you have to do. Right. But sake they need you you know yeah. so you might look into that and um we use it for quality driven like we've got a little management you can create groups uh-huh. and um so we have like a management group for quality driven and um we've got this one girl that is kind of our accountability partner for Zach and I, and um, it's so funny daily. Zach, you need to do this, this, this. Martha, you need to do this, this, this. And we're like, oh crap, okay, you know. But uh, so you might look into that. And I'm saying it for the benefit of whoever's listening that um, it's kind of a cool tool. It feels less businessy and a little more personal. And, um, so, but occasionally I need things in writing as well. Yeah. And, you know, so boxer makes it difficult for that. Um, so occasionally if there's something that we really need to follow, I got to go put it in writing and then I go to Slack, Michelle's yeah. Slack. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I wrote that down. I appreciate that. I love what you brought up about the personality part because, you know, if I just hand out a memo, they don't know what kind of mood I'm in or what I'm saying. Yeah. And I do, I, I like to have fun personal, you know, and I miss that in business when things get so busy and so chaotic and you're just running around putting it, you feel reactive and you're putting around, you know, putting out fires. Then the, then the fun part and the personable part and the interaction part just always seems to be the first to go. Mm-hmm. And I want to get out there and I want to congratulate my guys and highlight the good and not be just griping all the time, you right. know? And so to, so I'll look into that because I love the idea that they can see my, me smile and they can see my, mm-hmm. hear my voice inflections and my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of hear where I'm coming from. Um, and even whether it's great news or not so great news, like, uh, you know, like explaining to them why it's so important that you come to work every day, you know, yeah. Um, it's not just me griping. It's like, Hey, we got these clients that are expecting us to be there. And your job is so important to us, but so important to our clients. And when you miss, man, it, 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 it affects our clients. It affects your coworkers. You know, now they got to work harder. Now we got to come in and work on Saturday. I mean, this is just a bummer, but you need, you know, they need to know how important their jobs are. It's not just to me, it's not just them getting a paycheck. It's, it's like, man, it's a really big deal to a whole lot of people that you come to work. And it's hard. You can't get that across in a memo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have certain employees that I know can go MIA and like can get in their own head and kind of get grouchy. I've got uh, some, I'm thinking of my longer term employees and I know this, so I can reach out and go, Hey, so-and-so I need to hear from you. I need to hear your voice, you know, and um, be purposely asking for a box back. And it's fun because with my staff, 
you know, I know how to work them and I'm sure you do too. As far as if I hear grouchiness, I'll be like, okay, you sound like you're in a cruddy mood. So let's <laughs> talk this out, you know? And, uh, and I mean, I just keep pushing them until it's like, all right, let's lay this on the table. And then almost all the time, it's nothing, but they've made it into this big old yeah. thing. And I'm yeah. like, See, we saw that pretty easily, didn't we? You know, and um, but I think that's where when you're typing and going back and forth in text messages or whatever, that you lose yeah. some of that. So, and with me being a hundred miles from the office, I mean, it's not like I'm gonna see them in the office. So I've got to figure out other ways to communicate. So if that helps anybody else, um, that's the intention is (laughs) that get creative, you know, figure out where are are the problems and are the problems lack of communication and are you just communicating in text and then they it's lost the personal feel and then once you figure out those problems then you can backtrack and figure out how to make up for that and um but yeah i think there's a lot of us that were we had to phase out some things some of our more touchy feely things Mm -hmm. and then now we can phase them back in but Let's be honest, there's a part of us, including myself, that I'm like, yeah, but it's pretty nice to not have to do that every week. And uh, but I also know that that it's actually it's hurting us, you know, and that you have to buck it up and you just have to. uh, They all know I'm a big protector of my personal time. And so when I have to add these things back in, I like really pushing and shoving like, no, but, uh, you know, so if you guys are out there and you've been waiting to go back to some of your pre COVID communication, I mean, dependent on your state and all of those things, but it's getting near time that we start saying, okay, we're getting back to business as much as normal as we can. So, yeah, yeah. but that was really helpful. I think for people to hear you talk about the struggles of communication and how you had to change things with COVID. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we haven't gone back to kind of fix now that we're digging out. Yeah. And I think there's some changes that aren't, there's some things that aren't going to go back. Like we, we have two people work remotely full-time mm-hmm. was never on my radar to have anyone work, work <laughs> remotely two years ago. And now yeah. it's like, huh, man, who else can work remotely? You know, <laughs> but, but, but then, then we got to hell. I would love to work remotely sometimes, but, but it's like, what I haven't talked to you in three days. Like you were saying, it's like, yeah. I, I just want to hear your voice. Like how, yeah. you know, is work getting done? <laughs> like how, you know, so and that's a challenge and, you know, and I think it's going to, I think that's the way the world's going right now. And we'll probably see that more and more as we move into the future. You know, we don't need a big office space. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, some of this has helped us get creative with Mm. 
the benefits we can offer. Yeah. Like we're adding a position for quality driven soon. And, um, you know, we definitely prove that we can work remotely. And so many businesses I've watched my friends in different areas, um, that are non-service businesses and they've been called back to work, you mm-hmm. know, back into the office. And mm-hmm. I watched them be like, Oh, you know, <laughs> and talk about just what all they're going to give up by going back in the office. Yeah. And um, so COVID has taught us that, Hey, there's some things, even if it's in your benefits that you say you can work, two days of the week remotely or Mm. whatever, you know, it it allows you to be more competitive because um, we don't have to be like big businesses who think it's either this or this, Right. you know, I went into business the same reason you did. I did not, I, I did not like working for the corporate world. I didn't like people telling me what to do and what I couldn't do. And, uh, so I think that's one of the beauties of owning a small business is you can be creative. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. Tay, homework? Homework. Hopefully I'm on some better service now. I don't know for sure. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Kirk. I apologize. Uh, oh, you're good. As far as um, you talked about a lot of great things in the marketing kind of sales combo segment we did. And a couple of things that stuck out to me homework-wise for everyone is Kurt made a great point, actually two great points. One was there's no silver bullet. You know, there's definitely multiple areas that you have to look into when it comes to marketing and advertising and sales. So if that's something that you maybe only have one stream of lead sources coming in from, I would recommend this week taking a look at that and evaluating how you can add some more. And then the way I want you to do that, which is also something that Kurt said, is just to do it. You know, he, he didn't, you know, do crazy amounts of education looking into it. He just jumped in boots on the ground and figured it out as he went. And that's really how a lot of us, I know that's how my husband and I have done it. It's, you know, the real guerrilla marketing way of going about drawing in new leads to your business. So don't be afraid of it. Um, You'll learn a lot about yourself through that experience and a lot about how you can grow as a business owner through it. So look at your lead sources, see how many you have. If you don't have any, jump into it this week add one or two. That's all I'm asking. Hey, can I jump in here real quick? Just one comment to that. And you made me think of this was, or I think all of us will probably agree that the biggest struggle we all have right now is employees in the labor market. So to use that same creativity with marketing is creativity to try to find new employees is something that we're really working hard on right now. That's such a good point. I definitely can say we can attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) as can everybody, apparently. The Economist yeah. finally had an article about it yesterday. The New York Times had an article about it last week. I mean, it is across industries and they're saying it's a huge indicator of upcoming inflation. Um, I think that in service businesses, we've been feeling this for probably six weeks now, um, where people said it went from like 30 applications to zero and completely dried up. Um, whenever that happens, I don't know, Martha's probably going to go a different direction, but whenever that happens, I rewrite my job listing and then I ask Martha to help me. I mean, that woman is a marketing genius when it comes to attracting staff. Um, so not offering free help from Martha, but totally offering free help from Martha. <laughs> She's really good at giving your job listing a second set of eyes. 
Um, for finance homework this week, we're going to go through the feelings a little bit like Kirk and I talked about, and I'd like you to just revisit your why. Why did you start a business to begin with? What was the reason behind that? And then who's holding you accountable to that? Why? So in Kirk's case, it sounded like it was a work-life balance. In my case, it was definitely having that freedom, that work freedom to, um, I, Kirk, I love what you said when you said, you know, you didn't want to do it for somebody else. I remember telling my last boss, I said, you will be my last boss. I will never work for anybody else. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and, um, and I knew it, I knew it like five years before I quit. I knew it. And I told him that constantly, like you will be the last person I ever work for. Um, and not in a bad way, just in a, like, I, this is what I wanted. And this is what I was going to go do. And man, I am completely unemployable now. I can never work for it. I've been ruined for all life with my (laughs) 20 to 24 weeks a year of not being home. And yeah, no. um, So finance homework, revisit your why you started your business. Go back, like write it down. Think about what, what was that feeling when you first made that lunch? And then who's holding you accountable to that why? That's your finance homework this week. And it was inspired by Kirk. Thank you for being so honest and transparent and sharing that. Um, I know that we have listeners out there that can relate to your story and that this is going to be a very timely reminder for them. So thank you for that. Thanks. And Kirk, our uh, systems homework, I love that you mentioned QDS. We use QDS too, and I'm a big fan, super fan. And I also am a big fan of Slack, and we use that. So I've posted, I think, both of those links, and I'm sure everybody knows how to find Martha and QDS, but not everybody may have learned about Voxer. So hearing Martha talk about Voxer today, really good tool. Um, Again, for voice inflection and hearing your tone, a lot of uh, folks out in the field really need that. All of us need that. So I loved that communication tool that you guys are going to look into. So your homework, Kirk, is to find one and in, in, you know, lean in, get one this week, because I think you gotta, you gotta do that for your office to field stuff. It's going to absolutely change the game. Really it is. It's going to be awesome for you, but I'm going to have people look into Voxer this week. So that's what I'm going to assign as my homework. Thanks so much. (laughs) I am taking notes. Okay, good. And before I move on to my homework, Kirk, get with Michelle because on Slack, mm-hmm. she taught us all about these <laughs> workflows. And when I found workflows, <laughs> I, and it's just an automated way. And of course, you might do this through service autopilot, um, through you know a form, but you can create these automated forms in Slack, you know, mm-hmm. daily, weekly, whatever, and um, help have an accountability slash communication piece. And uh, Michelle's the queen of that. So <laughs> she can definitely help with that. Yep. Um My homework is I want you to assess what you were doing pre-COVID to, now this is assuming you had good communication pre-COVID, but what you were doing pre-COVID to communicate to your office and to your field staff, and then what are you doing now for communication to your office and your field staff. Is there a disconnect? Is it broken? And then if so, figure out how you're gonna fix it. 
and you can certainly post in the in the um, Bike Club Facebook group, and I can help you with that if you need help. Awesome. And Kirk, Thank we're going to give you an opportunity to share some homework. But first, if this is your first time listening to this show, this is one of the things that we think makes our podcast different than others is that we want to help you fight for your business every single week. We want to help you move the needle forward. We don't want this to be another educational tool where you're taking in information and then we're not actually implementing. So we assign homework every week and it's a lot of it. It's really overwhelming. We don't expect you to do this all before next Tuesday. We just want you to do one assignment every single week. And if you could choose the one that speaks to you, you will be moving your business forward. So this is for you. And if you need accountability to get your homework done, join us in our Facebook group. We're there. We're talking with you. We're there to help you out. And Kirk, if you would like to assign homework, you can. It's totally optional. But if there's anything that you wanted to elaborate on or you feel like we missed from our talk mm-hmm. together, um, now's the time. Perfect. No, I got it. it, it that's, uh, the, yeah, I appreciate this opportunity. So I would just encourage everybody watching this. I mean, the labor market is atrocious. It's everyone I talk to across every industry and every market across the entire United States is having the same issues. It's not, it's not specific to you, your company, <clears throat> excuse me, your industry or your location. <clears throat> excuse me. That's one thing I didn't do is get water before we started. And, um, so it's imperative, 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 thanks, <laughs> that um, that you retain the employees that you have. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to have the best company culture so that if someone does come along and offer them 50 cents more an hour, they don't leave, or at least they're not going to leave without talking to you first. And I can tell you, um, um, visiting with other business owners and getting ideas is awesome. I love what I love what y'all are doing. I love what Service Autopilot Academy is doing, um, and I can tell you, QDS has been essential for us in in having a very easy, efficient way to manage our company culture. And I'm available if anyone wants to IM me through Facebook or whatever. Then I'll talk to you about that. And I'm not pushing. Martha had no idea I was going to talk about QDS. Mm. We didn't. We but but I haven't found anything better that just helps us really, really easily create the company culture and the accountability and the encouragement that we want. Um, um, and so I would just come bring it full circle. You got to retain your current employees. You got to retain your current employees. Do not let your good employees leave when you're having, you know, you're having trouble finding new employees. That's my homework to everybody. Go figure out how to make, create a company that no one wants to leave or make it very difficult for them to leave. Um, you know, uh, make their their wives and their girlfriends and their mothers and their children need to be proud that they work for you. Yeah. Um, and they need to encourage those your workers to come to work to move up to your company. Um, however, you need to do that. Um, figure out how to do that. Ask how to do that and retain your current employees. I would say that's that is so huge right now. I love Martha's, it. Martha's growing. I love it. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, so I, I put some notes in the chat, but we said, come up with a way to make your company a place that your people want to work for and yeah. check out QDS. So yeah. that's awesome. Great. All right. Hey, and our quote for the week this week is very timely because we all seem to talk about communication today. So I chose one about communication. So good communication is the bridge between confusion and clarity. 
And that's by Nat Turner. We'll post it in the group today. So keep those communication channels open. And thank you all for joining us today on Fight Club. We really had a fun time. And Kirk, thank you so much from the big state of Texas. It was a fun time to sit with you for this hour. So have a great day and everyone keep on fighting. Thank you all. Thanks, Kirk. Bye. Bye. See you next Tuesday, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Yep. See ya. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.